everybody to the live, live, live episode of Under the Mat Radio. This is your host, Tech, with co-host. And I see Game Boy, what it is, what it do. Yes, we're here live, live, live. Today's episode is Superheroes in Training. Otherwise, the acronym, just spell out the first letters of each word, and you'll know what you get. Of course, fans, we have a very big show for you. We'll bring in momentarily another guest, uh, guest host that we have, Big Red, promoter. Of Rage. Rage for wrestling. Yes. Hello, so, gentlemen. Quick. How are you doing tonight? We're doing good. Hey, what's going on? We're doing yeah, well. Thanks for having me on here, guys, tonight. Uh, you know, I hope I don't damage you too much. <laughs> no problem. Let's let everybody know real quick. Coming up uh, momentarily, we have our first guest who was on the key. We're going to bring him in in a second. We have award-winning great voice actor. Um, I'm sorry, I said voice actor. This is about your award-winning voice announcer. Works for Mav TV, has his own great radio show, works all around the world. His name is Jim Cooley. We'll be joining us in a couple of minutes. Also coming up at the top of the hour at 8 p.m., we will have former WWE superstar Rosie, former WWE tag team champion. He was with the Hurricane, will be joining us. If anybody don't know, that don't know, Rosie is related to the Grace Samoan family with The Rock. He is the older brother of current WWE superstar Roman Reigns. And he was uh, the cousin of the deceased great wrestler Umaga, so we'll be bringing him in. Also, fans, please do not forget, and sometime during the show, we will have our other great correspondent, Shinblade, who will be calling in with a trivia question, because he has a signed copy of the new Foggy CD by none other than the man himself, Y2J Chris Jericho. So, fans, with that being said, you can follow Under the Mat Radio on Facebook, type in Under the Mat Radio, you can follow the show on Twitter at tech underscore UTMR. You can follow NFC Game Boy on Twitter at NFC Game Boy spelled correctly. Come on, man. Yeah, please spell it correctly. And while we got Big Red here, how do you follow Rage on Twitter? At Rage Rules on Twitter. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> no problem. So that being said, we're going to bring in Right now, live, the great voice announcer that is Jim Cooley. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio, Jim. Jim, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, so he, 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 you a lot better now. How you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. Now... We got you on the show. We tried to give you a little good intro, but uh, let everybody know that's listening. That will be about your great career and about your background, just so that you can get an understanding of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back in 96, 97, I uh, met the honky-tonk man, Wayne Ferris, at uh, WrestleMania. And we became close friends, and eventually he... Uh, Helped me get into the wrestling business, actually with a family member of your guest later on today, Rosie, uh, Sam Fatu, who wrestled as the Tonga Kid in the WWE, um, was one half of the Islanders. Regardless of that, so I, I met Sammy and started running shows with him and eventually began promoting my own shows. And uh, at times in my career, I tag teamed with Juventud Guerrera. I wrestled Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I uh, brought in the Road Warriors on a couple shows, and then eventually I became an announcer. But I quit for a long time because I fought MMA and I wrestled, and then you know just went about my adult business with regular jobs. And 
about two years ago, I started ring announcing again, this time for mixed martial arts and boxing. <clears throat> I started with, uh, with one company and now I work for about 40 and, um, yeah, just doing a bunch of cool stuff around, you know, around the United States. I did a show in New York this year and, um, I did it, you know, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. Um, and then I host my own, uh, podcast called the last round and yeah, just a bunch of stuff, but mostly just, uh, you know, doing voice work and announcing and things of that nature, commentating for the team fighting championships in Russia and, so that's where I am now, just, uh, you know, with my voice career. Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, we're going to talk about uh, your voice career first before we jump back into wrestling and um, MMA. Explain to us the preparations that you have to go through to become a great voice announcer. You know, with me, it was uh, a lot of people go full for it and things of that nature. But with me, I just... Uh, I just kind of started doing it. In fact, uh, I lied to become an announcer um, to Sam Fatu and his partner at the time, Eddie Davis. I was standing in line, and they had, they had lost their ring announcer, and I was about two people back in line, and I said, hey, I'm a ring announcer, which was a complete lie. But I ended up with the microphone in my hand that night, and I started announcing. And, uh, you know, I just kind of forced my way into the business and learned from watching and, and learned from practice. and before I knew it, I was, uh, you know, I was good at what I did. And, um, the, the key, I guess, to becoming a good ring announcer is, is, is just like anything else is just to study how, you know, study your craft and try to hone your craft and find as many jobs as you can and get as much, as much exposure as possible and just get your name out there, you know? So that's kind of what I did. That's kind of where I'm at now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's over the NFC game boy. Well, with being a ring announcer, and, and of course preparation is definitely the key essential, what is the mistake that you noticed that other announcers may make, or what was the mistake that you've made, you know, that you knew uh, that you had to go back and fix, and you know? Um, I think, I think the mistakes that are mostly made are just with the way that you announce things, you know what I mean? Um for instance, I went to a boxing show uh, this weekend with Mike Tyson and Loretto Garza and Tony Lopez, and they had a ring announcer there, and and, and I and I feel bad to an extent because I, I kind of was making fun of him. I wasn't so much making fun of him as I was kind of picking him apart, which I guess you kind of find yourself doing. And, like, he would announce, you know, he would say the fighter's name before he would announce what corner they were in and so forth and so on, and you kind of want to build that to a crescendo for that fighter to give him that moment, you know, where he's from, how much he weighs, what team he's with, his wins and losses, and then boom, you hit him with the name. And But this guy would just kind of, you know, half-ass say the name, excuse my language, and then, uh, you know, kind of spout out. What's that? Okay, good. Yeah, so he would half-ass say the name and then, you know, just kind of say everything else and, so anyway, I went up to the guy and I just introduced myself and, and come to find out he wasn't really an announcer. He was a cop that had done this as a favor and this was only like his fourth show. So I don't know. Um, that That's kind of one of the big mistakes and, and just not, not, not doing your job. Like when I get to a show, the, the promoter will hand me the bout sheet with all the names on it. And, you know, I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to know how to say every name. So I make sure I get with every single fighter. I double-check all his info, ask him exactly how to pronounce his name or her name. 
do you have a nickname that may not be on here? You know, things like that. I just, people just kind of half-ass it. They just take that bout sheet, they jump in and they say whatever's on it. And that might always be the case. So you got to take it as serious as you take anything else, I suppose. Jim, Big Red, promoter of Rage Pro Wrestling. How you doing? How's it going, brother? Hey, I have a question for you. When was your wow moment when you realized that, you know what, this announcing thing, I think I can really make something. When, when, when was that moment that you realized this, this is what I want to do? Uh, I would say I kind of knew I wanted to do it, but the wow moment that told me that I could make something of it was a last year. Uh, I woke up to a, a voicemail from a lady from, from England saying that she worked for the band one direction and that she was representing Simon Cowell from, from the um, X Factor and that they wanted me to fly down to Hollywood and be the announcer for 1D Day, which was One Direction's um, seven-hour live stream that went live in 62 countries and Cindy Crawford was on it and just a whole bunch of people. And so at first I actually thought it was a, it was a prank phone call, but when I called back and they flew me out and you know they put me up in a hotel and, and I got to hang out with all them. I ate lunch with Cindy Crawford and and I just kept getting good feedback from all these people that have been in the entertainment industry for so long. And I just told myself, if I can do this in less than a year, then to me, the sky's the limit, you know? And since then it just motivated me more to, to do more and do better. And eventually I won ring announcer of the year and just got more companies. And then King of the cage came calling with central coast throwdown and Michael McNeil and asked me to be on Mav TV. And, and when Dean stone can't be there, who is the voice of King of the cage, a great ring announcer, they have me and I've been on there a couple of times and I'm actually this Saturday I'm filming in Salinas and I'll be on Mav TV again for King of the Cage. And I think that moment just motivated me and said, if I, if I'm here after nine months, then where can I be in another nine months? You know? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say here real quick, uh, Jim, that we will be joining your uh, Mav TV family. We uh, negotiated a deal with um, back with them in late June for Rage Pro Wrestling. You know, that's what Evan told me too, and that, that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's awesome. You know, to get another another company on TV, and I've lived through the ups and downs of the pro wrestling industry and seen so many companies come and go. I think it's cool to have an established company, you know, that's out there still trying to get TV and and make something happen. And with you know TNA losing so much money, I think it's good that you guys are there. And it, there always needs to be options for these workers to be able to go different places and do different things. So I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, so when you see Steve in the Mav TV office, tell him uh, Big Red said hello. I will do that for you, brother. All right, and one other quick question, if you don't mind. Um, so you just did everything with One Direction. You know, Simon Cowell was the producer. Tell us a little bit now, after that, are you getting some auditions, and what's coming out of it? What are you up to now? Yeah, actually, uh, the biggest thing that's come out of it is they've called me back. And actually, I, I've formed a personal bond with Harry Styles, who's a member of One Direction. And they've called me back and asked me to film a music video with them early next year. It was originally going to be the end of this year, but you know things change in the music industry, so it'll be early next year. Um, the other thing that came about from that was this team fighting championship thing that I landed. And these guys are in Latvia. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's 
and, and I'm not going to despair it because obviously I work for them, but it's just crazy. It's five on five, full contact, no holds barred. You can head stomp, soccer kick, three on one, whatever. It's not a work. It's a shoot. And um, anyway, so they contacted me from Latvia and asked me to do their American commentary because they're getting TV over here. And uh, they, the reason they found me was because the daughter of the promoter is a One Direction fan. And he happened to walk by the computer screen while she was watching the show and saw me announce the Kurt Angle match and uh, said, I want that guy. Found me on the internet and contacted me and they've hired me and I work for them now. So that's another thing that has come out of it. So I'm getting a lot of little opportunities. I did a movie. Um, I got another movie coming up here real soon with uh, Hollywood. She used to wrestle in Glow. She is uh, cast in a movie in the, the the producer of the movie has contacted me about announcing in the movie and things like that. So a lot of stuff has actually come of it. It actually uh, did a lot for my career. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you didn't want to first say, you know, congratulations to you, Jim, for that, um, for all of those um, great things. Question is, how do you psychologically, when you go to announce for um, maybe a King of Cages somewhere else, is it different depending on the promotions? Do you tend to go about it differently or do you tend to go about it the same way? Um, in the in the basic sense of that question, I go about it the same way in the sense that I take everything as seriously as anything else. Um, however, it, it, it's with ring announcing, it's crazy because it's not like music. So, like, say a band like One Direction, they make it big and then every concert they play is just huge and there's... 30, 40, 50,000 people there and people are catering to them and doing everything they need and the sound system's perfect and the lights are perfect. They're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and go do a show at a, at some hole-in-the-wall bar with crappy sound systems and nobody there. Whereas with the ring announcer, one night I might be in Reno in front of 4,800 people or 5,000 people on a beautiful sound system with tremendous lights and the next day I might be in a high school gym with a microphone that cuts out every time I get loud and one speaker that doesn't work and 60 people in the crowd, just, you know, so, but at the same time, so I do, I do have to act differently, but at the same time, I still treat those fans like there's 5,000 of them and that they, you know, that I want them to have a good show. So I guess, you know, there's different ways you have to attack different events, but at the same time, you want to be as professional as you can at all times. So. Now, you know, I ask you one more question before I turn it over to the NFC Game Boy. What is your ultimate goal with being a voice announcer? Now, of course, everyone knows the great Michael Buffer got paid six figures just to say, let's get ready to rumble. Do you want to get to that status where you get paid hella money just to say three words or say one phrase? Or uh, what's your ultimate goal? That's the pipe dream, obviously, but my ultimate goal, and it sounds so high because, you know, people set their goals so low these days in this world, but my goal is to end up in the Boxing Hall of Fame. There's two announcers in the Boxing Hall of Fame, and I want to be one. So um, I love MMA, I love wrestling, but boxing is my first love, and yeah, I want to be on TV all the time. Um, I'm actually talking to a network now about a possibility of a three-year contract. I, I can't talk about it. Um, but yeah, if that happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, but yeah, my goal, one my first goal was to make enough money that I could live just being an announcer. And, and I've done that to an extent other than 
I overextend myself personally, <laughs> but I make enough money to pay my bills and get food and all that stuff. So, and that's, you know, a year and a half in, but yeah, my goal is to get into the boxing hall of fame. My goal is to be on TV. My goal is never to be Michael Buffer because I think that he and Jimmy Lennon are the two greatest announcers that have ever lived or ever will live. Um, but you know, Bruce Buffer from the UFC, I don't, I've made this very clear on my show. I don't think he's very good. Never have, never will. But what he did do was market himself, brand himself, and, and, you know, make a great career for himself. And for that, I envy him. And that's where I want to be someday. All right. NFC? Okay. Well, you know, Michael Buffer, um, they are extraordinary announcers. My first question is this. What do you think that you have? that separates you from the announcers currently right now that have propelled you to these these new areas in your life? What do you think is, is the secret ingredient, you know, the, the, the skill that have gotten you so far ahead of the, the bar with these other announcers? The, the absolute unwillingness to take no for an answer. The, the absolute unwillingness to stop striving. And I'm not saying that Michael Buffer, Jimmy Lennon, Bruce Buffer, you know, any of those guys, I'm not saying that they don't, Joe Cortez, I'm sorry, not Joe Cortez, Joe Martinez, or that they don't have that drive. Um, Michael Buffer doesn't need that drive anymore. Michael Buffer smiles and they give him $10 million. So, um, but as far as all the other announcers in the country, and this is my hashtag on my Twitter and my Facebook and all that, I, I say outwork the rest. And I believe that I do. Uh, three weeks ago, I did six shows in seven days including one day of two shows and I didn't stop moving and, and I will do that every week until I get to where I want to be. And, um, I, I honestly don't think that any announcer in, in the world right now works as hard as I do or has as much drive to make it as I do. And that might sound cocky or selfish, but that's how I feel. I sound like confidence to me. I mean, yeah, I like that. That's, that's exactly what you're supposed to have. But my my next and last question is this on the subject: is of course we all know your voice is your key opponent. Uh, um, excuse me, your key element, and we know that you must keep your voice together. So what what things or tricks do you do? You know, do you drink certain type of teas? Uh, do you do you massage it? You know, I know some singers and stuff they go to um masseuses to massage their vocal cords or something is there any type of vocal um vocal technique that you might do to help your diaphragm out you know to expand any of those that you might add to your repertoire to help you become this uh a great announcer there's three things that i do for one and i know a lot of the listeners they always hear tea and honey tea and honey tea and lemon whatever i hate tea i hate honey and i hate lemon so oh, oh. I found, <laughs> I just, I don't like the taste of any of it. So, but what I did was I found a good substitute and that's pineapple juice and pineapple juice works really well for my voice. If I do a show in the morning, like I went and did the, yeah, pineapple juice just works amazing. So I do pineapple juice and then I have these little sticks that I got at um, Whole Foods and they're just little, little straws full of honey. And as much as I hate it, I'll force myself to take it on a day that I have two shows in between shows and I'll, and I'll, I'll swallow that honey and then I'll drink some, some, uh, pineapple juice and my voice is good to go. And the other thing that I do because I have asthma 
is I like to sit in a pool and I'll, I'll lower myself into the water and hold my breath as long as possible to continuously expand my lungs so that I, I don't have those issues that show. But those are the three things that I do, I think, to keep my voice where I need it to be. Well, I must well, say, you're doing a great job because you, you're already up and board, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just to, just to let you know, Jim, that there's a fan that just Facebooked me and said, they're not too pleased that uh, you have a vendetta against lemon and honey. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like lemon and honey at all. <laughs> why don't you like lemon and honey? Is is it a bad childhood experience? You just don't like how it feels. I just don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. And the other thing is, like, I hate tea. Like, I legitimately hate tea. Like, there's no tea I've ever tasted that I thought, oh man, I need another drink of that tea. No, I hate tea. Every tea I've ever drank. So, tea, lemon, and honey. They don't do anything for me, man. I I can't I can't. And he, I'm the pickiest eater in the world. And if I don't like something, I don't just not like it. I hate it. So it doesn't matter what it is. If I don't like it, I hate it. So I hate those three things. And I'll go on record with that. <laughs> oh man, hey, Jim Cooley, hater of teas. <laughs> hey Jim. And uh and uh just to let you know a uh, personal family note. My girlfriend just said Kermit is not pleased if she hates towards tea. <laughs> so, a lot of people. <laughs> so, and real quick, uh, you know, you being a voice great, you know, you being a great voice announcer, what makes, because outside in, a lot of people figure, okay, is this announcing who's coming to the ring? They probably figure, okay, it was really hard with that. What is the most challenging thing for you to do when it comes to voice, voice announcing? Um, the most challenging, you mean once I'm actually announcing or in the career yeah. period? Um, so w- once I'm at, well, for, for the career period, the most challenging thing to do is to wake up every morning and contact every single fight promoter and every single wrestling promoter and every single boxing promoter and every single, uh, Warriors Dash or Tough Mudder or whatever might need an announcer and contact them and send them your resume and tell them why you want to work for them and why they should hire you in a field that people misconstrue as easy. Like people think, oh, I could just get Joe Schmo to come in and announce my fights. Well, then you get the situation that you had at the fights the other day with a, with a gentleman who's a great guy, has a fairly decent voice, but has no idea how to use it. Um, and the key to, to being a good ring announcer is to sound professional at all times, you know, and to make everything uniform. Like how I announced the first fight with the exception of energy level is how I would announce the last fight. So um, people misconstrue announcing is really easy to do, but not anybody can just go up and be personable with the crowd and, and at the same time pump them up, make them laugh, pick on them a little bit you know, and then get them energized for a fight between two people that they may have never even heard of, you know what I mean? So there's a lot that goes into it. Like I, when I do a show, I warm up the crowd. I come out, I tell jokes, who, where's my Ronda Rousey lovers at? Where's my Ronda Rousey haters at? Which is always much louder than the lovers. And then I pick on the people that boo her and explain why she's the greatest or who's better, Tyson or Ali, you know, or I'll see a guy in a Seahawks hat or a Niners hat, and I'll just instantly start picking on them, you know, and nine times out of 10, there's going to be at least half the crowd that wants you to pick on them. And then the other crowd, the other half is going to boo you and then you can play off them. So that's how you get them warmed up. And then 
once you get in, it's all professional. You know, you want it to look like, like you're on TV. You want them to feel like they're at a big time event. And the thing that I told, I can't remember the name of the website. I think it was questionable stoppage or somebody that interviewed me last year. They said, what's most important to you? And I said, these fighters are young. They haven't had a ton of fights. Some of them may have had none, but their whole life thinking about that first fight, they imagine Michael Buffer announcing their voice. They imagine the crowd going crazy. They imagine how cool it's going to sound. So I want to give them that experience because I might not be Michael Buffer, but I want them to have the experience that they've gone over in their head so many times. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Now, Jim, a lot of the yes. listeners who tune into the show, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there who are, who are tuned in. Now, you've been friends with the Honky Tonk Man for a long time now. Yep. So what is your feeling right now with what's going on with him and the WWE when it comes to this whole infringement of the use of the name? What 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 do you think and what is your opinion on this right now? Okay. So <laughs> let me start let me preface this by I think Vince McMahon is the greatest wrestling promoter that ever lived. Okay. So I never ever want to disrespect Vince McMahon. However, Honky, even if he wasn't my friend, let me just tell you that Honky's a genius in the sense that when he signed his contract, he did what a lot of other people did not do, and that was he made sure that in his contract he retained the rights to his name. And to me, a pro wrestler is only as good as his most popular gimmick, right? So if he's smart enough to retain the rights to that name and have the license for that name, then he should be smart enough to protect it. Otherwise, what was the point of doing that in the first place, right? And I know this goes back also, he, he owned the right to the, to the old Del Wilkes gimmick, which was the Patriot, and he's actually had to, to sue people over that. So Honky and I go back and forth on a lot of things when it comes to WWE because I personally think he should have already gone into the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to put his business in the street a little bit here, and he might get pissed off, but you can just tell him Jim Cooley said he kissed his ass. And that is that... They've wanted to put him in the Hall of Fame, but what a lot of people don't realize, and let me let me say this, I get emails every day from guys like uh, Bushwhacker Luke or Honky Tonk Man or other guys saying, hey, do you have any work? Do you have any shows coming up? Do you know anyone who has any shows coming up? And it breaks my heart in the sense that these guys have to do that to get work, right? And I understand it's the nature of the business, but it sucks. So what happens is when you sign this Hall of Fame deal, and I think it's six months, and my friend Kristen can, can, uh, can correct me if I'm wrong. She works over there, but I believe it's a six-month no-compete clause. So we go back and forth in the sense that he doesn't want to sign this no-compete clause so that he can go into the Hall of Fame because he's going to lose all these bookings, and that's what puts food in his family's mouth. So because of this stupid six-month no-compete clause, which he could probably just tell Vince and the boys to take out, because really all they don't want you to do is go on TNA and exploit that you're a WWE Hall of Famer after they just give you that, right? They don't care if you go work for an indie promotion in North Carolina. Anyway, so my point is, Honky has a lot of animosity toward people that work at WWE. And I'm probably speaking out of school saying that, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's true. And um, with this Hall of Fame thing and with this name infringement thing and all this stuff, people assume that Honky's a bitter man, but he's not. He just points out things that are unfair in the business and he's willing to stand up against them where no one else is. I'm not, I'm not going to say no one else, but where most people are not. And, uh, 
I, I, I personally respect Honky Tonk Man because I think some of the stuff that he's doing and some of the things that some of these other legends have done, in the end, it's going to be better for the boys. Because let's be honest, there's no medical coverage. There's no retirement. There's no, there's no help. I understand the whole drug thing where they're sending people you know, to rehab and all that. But to me, that should be a given. Yeah, I applaud them for doing it. But come on, that should be part of it, you know? These guys make so much money for Vince McMahon, it's disgusting. I mean, how much money did Linda McMahon spend on her campaign to become a congresswoman or a senator or whatever it was that she thought she was going to be? You know, why can't some of that money go into a fund for the medical expenses of these guys? And then we got people like, you see, you're getting me off on a tangent because I'm going to get frustrated. But, and then you got people like Don Marie who start Wrestlers Rescue and then they don't help Kamala, James Harris, when he gets his legs cut off or, you know, whoop-de-whoop. So... To me, anybody that stands up to Vince, as much as I love him, any wrestler that stands up to Vince to protect his name, to protect his, his livelihood, because Vince McMahon might have might have come up with these gimmicks, but he's not the one who drug him into the ring every night and busted his ass to make them famous. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I, I stand on the side of the workers. I always will. And that's coming from a, an ex-worker and an ex-promoter. I don't know well, if that actually yeah. answers your question, but... <laughs> no, no. Um, and I want to follow up with one thing that you did say. Um, so Honky Tonk Man was approached about the Hall of Fame. Can you tell us, if it's all right, do you know how far back he's been contacted in regards to possibly going in? When you know, Has he been reached out to in the past you know, seven years? Was he yes. supposed to be... So... How many times have they approached him that you know of about possibly being inducted? Uh, to my knowledge, to, to my knowledge, virtually every single year since they first asked him. Wow, that that that's amazing. We should really try and get him, Honky Tonk Man, on here and try and get a, a little bit more details on that. So. Um, but, yeah, Jim, and in closing with me real quick, the last thing I, I do want to ask you is you said your goal is the Boxing Hall of Fame, and I love, I love the fact of how you're setting the bar high. So what I want you to tell everybody who's listening is when you get inducted, if that's what happens, what is going to be the intro that you want people to give for you? Who, when they're announcing you coming up, if you could do it right now, how would that intro go? Uh, man, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I would just want them to say, you know, uh, this is a guy that when he was younger decided that there was no other way to live life than to follow his dreams. And he wanted to be a pro wrestler and he became one. He wanted to be an MMA fighter and he became one. He wanted to make music and he released CDs and in the end he wanted to be an announcer and be in the entertainment industry and be a part of the, the fight world that he loves, the combat sports world that he loves and that's what he did. But I just want people to know that I, I'll never think I was the greatest announcer of all time. I'll never think that I was even close, but I'm, I would just be at that point happy for my place in history. That's it. Well, Jim, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Game Boy. Uh, yes. Now, with your fighting career and being in MMA, what is the current state now? Well, how do you feel about the current state now? Excuse me, about how MMA and UFC fighting has evolved compared to it was when you were starting out. 
Well, <laughs> well, when I was starting out, uh, I could tell you, uh, I can tell you a couple stories, but one is, uh, I got a call from Mark Hall, the Cobra. He was doing a show called the Cobra qualifier. This is, you know, mid to late nineties in Temecula. And I was living in SAC and I, on three days notice with no camp, I rented my own car, drove myself to Temecula to fight a guy. I didn't even know who I was fighting until I got there. And I got a hundred dollars. So that's the beginning of the change right there. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Do these guys make a million dollars? No, not at all. Do they make what they're supposed to make? No, not at all. But they make 20 to 30 times more than that on a three day notice fight. You know what I mean? Uh, the other big advent is amateur fighting, which back then we didn't really have. And a lot of people are against it. My buddies, Nick and Nate Diaz, they hate it. They hate Ami fighting. They think it's stupid. Why should someone fight for no money? However, me being a student of the boxing industry, I see what Ami fights and not affecting your pro record and, and protecting the fighters with, with less loose rules and all that. I see what that can do for a career because Mike Tyson lost as an amateur, you know, and then he destroyed people as a pro. Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? It's like these guys, you need that AMI experience. So I think that the amateur thing is a big difference now. Um, obviously, the money is huge in the advertising and the respect. When I fought, you told someone you were a cage fighter. At the time, we called it NHB, no holds barred. People looked at you like you were a psychotic nutball that just broke out of some sort of, you know, infirmary. And now you tell someone you're a cage fighter. And people do it just to get it, get attention, even though they've never fought, you know, they go train for two days, they, they buy a tap out shirt and now they're a fighter. So it's, you know, it's, it's a mystique now that, that it never was. The other thing that I think is happening. I think we're at a boom right now. Bellator is making money. In fact, they cost me a stupid sushi bet on my show because I, I said that UFC would sell more tickets, but I'm not going to get into that because it pisses me off. But oh, you can. <laughs> I made a bet. They were both doing a show in, in Connecticut, Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun, respectively. And I made a bet before I went, before I, I stupidly made a bet before I looked at the arenas that they were running in. And before I realized that the UFC was only running in a 4,800 seat arena. So there's no possible way that they could sell more than that. Long story short, I think I lost the bet. I have to eat sushi on my show. I hate sushi more than I hate tea. So there you go. So I think we're at a... <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're at a point right now where, where mixed martial arts is huge. But if, for those of you guys, and I know this is a wrestling show, so I'm going to use that as an analogy. If you guys have noticed over the years, there's been booms, there's been highs, there's been lows. Wrestling comes in waves. It goes like a roller coaster. You have the peak of 1987, WrestleMania three, huge 93,173 people. And then by, by say 1992, it's garbage again, or at least in the eyes of people. It's not, it's not as popular anymore. They can't sell out house shows. They're, they've stopped spot shows. And then, and then by 97, they've changed to the Attitude Era. And then, boom, here we go. The Rock, Steve Austin, you know, NWO. It, it, it's huge again, right? So anyway, with the UFC, here's what I think is going to happen. In boxing, you have... Mike Tyson said this on my show. He said, in boxing, you don't have the best fighting the best, right? But in UFC, you do. Um, I don't agree with that. I didn't tell him that because I didn't want to get my ass kicked, but I don't agree with that. I feel like the UFC being basically 
the basically Dana White decides what happens in mixed martial arts. Period. Yeah, Bellator is doing their thing now, and that's great. They've got you know they've got um, who is it? Uh, I can't think of who it is who who, ha- who backs um, Bellator, but it's a gigantic company, and so they have money, so they're competing. But I think that UFC is burning itself out. I think it's too many shows, too many events, too much exposure, too fast. It's in its infancy. It's a it's a very young sport, and I think that they're for lack of a better term, because we're uncensored, I think that they're blowing their wads. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just to let you, and just to let you know, Jim, uh, even though we are a wrestling show, we had we have had other guests. Of, um, we had uh, Dan to be seven. We had Ken Shamrock on our show. Also, so awesome. we've had different mixed martial arts guys, UFC legends on our show, which is no problem. <clears throat> you know, to yep. let, you know, to, and he giving their 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 opinions of UFC. They're giving their opinions of Dana White, especially against Shamrock. He, uh, oh, I can imagine the biggest fan <laughs> of um, of Dana White, and you know Tito Ortiz and said it also. So it's, 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 it's all like you said, it's all fine. Now, with all of that being said, you Jim, oh, you, you hate. You hate tea. Michael upstairs. You hate yeah. sushi. Yes, I what do. Two other things, what two other things do you hate before we close it out? I hate, I hate, uh, what do I hate? Failure. I hate a lot of stuff. I hate country music. I hate failure. Okay. I do hate failure. I hate, uh, I hate, I hate, I, you know what I hate? Can I say something that I hate? Because I, I, I haven't got a chance to say this on my show. I'm going to tell you what I hate. I hate where somewhere in our culture, and I was telling Tony the Tiger Lopez this the other day, I hate that somewhere in our culture we decided that 360-pound, out-of-shape dudes with tattoos, vests, and goatees, and bald heads all of a sudden became the symbol of toughness in this country. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying that because you asked me what I hate. I hate that shit. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think the symbol of toughness in this country should be the men and women that are fighting for this country in our armed forces. It should be the guys that are athletes and train every day and, and try to better themselves in their sport and, and, and the fathers who stick with their kids and raise their kids. And it, even if they, don't, if they don't have a relationship with their wives, that's the kind of stuff to me that makes someone tough. Someone who, who like you guys, you guys want to host a, a radio show and damn it, you went and hosted a radio show. Right. And when you started, you didn't have Ken Shamrock on your show. And now you do. Granted, you're going down in the gutter a little bit by having Jim Cooley on your show, but you'll be back up with a good guest next week. So (laughs) the symbol of of toughness in this country needs to shift to fathers and mothers who, who work their ass off every single day to raise their kids, to the teachers who aren't making that much money who go to school every day to help these kids learn to the, to the armed forces and, and, and the people that are a positive, um, positive role models in this community. So anyways, I want to get that off my chest. So I'm not a total hater, man. I love people. I love, I love everybody. And I, and I love you guys for having me on the show and letting me say shit that I'm afraid to say on my show sometimes. So, well, Jim, <laughs> I mean, Jim, man, it, it, it's been great, great having you on tonight. Um, you know, it's been a great breath of fresh air. Um, I love how you uh, came out and, you know, with supporting our vets and our teachers, you know, the people who really earned it, very commendable. Um, it's nice to have somebody on the show that has his moral compass straight for a change. And uh, is there anything you'd like to plug uh, before we get ready and close out this segment? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Jim Cooley 3 
my web, my website, uh, announcedchampions.com. No, it's not updated. Kiss my ass. I'll update it as soon as I can. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash announcer Cooley. Um, and that's about it. Uh, support my boy, Nate Diaz. He's coming back guys, December 13th, uh, for his fight back with, uh, Dos Anjos. So support that. Um, that's it. My show TLR is every Wednesday night. Um, on, you can download the inside BJJ app or hit inside BJJ.com. Oh, and, and to Evan Prout, Evan Prout, who supports my career and brought me on this show. I love Evan. He's awesome. I'm going to have him on my show too. So there you go. Well, thank you, Jim, so much um, on behalf of Evan, you know, himself, and Game Boy. Thanks for coming on tonight, and we hope to have you back on in a couple months. Awesome, and congratulations on the Mav TV, man. I hope to see you guys, and I hope that uh, people watch that show. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. You take care and have a great evening. All right, talk to you guys later. Take care, man. Yep, bye. What a great guest, man. Yeah, what a great guy. That, that was everybody. Jim Cooley, award-winning voice announcer, hater of tees, hater of uh, Tommy L. Hater of tees. He hates sushi. He loves ring announcing. He loves MMA. He loves boxing. And pineapple juice. Very great guy. Hey, pineapple juice. Sick. Oh, yeah. Great Lo- Lover of pineapple juice. Got to love pineapple juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big yeah, up. he uh, big ups to pineapple juice. So hashtag it should be trending on Twitter any minute. So hashtag pineapple juice for everybody out there. I believe we, uh, believe we're working on that now. So just to let everybody know, this a little background. Hashtag government cheese. Hashtag baked potatoes. And now hashtag pineapple juice. So everything we're pretty much on a roll. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're working on our food groups. So under the mat isn't just about radio; it is about nutrition. Yes, it, it definitely is. Speaking of nutrition, um, Red, we got we, we got you on here, and momentarily, um, right now we're going to bring in our correspondent, this sensational one, the sensational one, Shimbley. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Shank, you here? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. Hey, what's going on, Shank? Real quick. Very much. Um, before we start, I'm going to hashtag love tea and love sushi to put on Twitter. I am a, a Hawaii guy, so I got to love my sushi and tea and zen and everything of that nature. <laughs> it's making me sensational. Yes. Uh, before we let you, uh, Shin, um, go ahead and uh, give you a trivia question for a chance to win a Chris Jericho signed Fuzzy CD. Red, we got you on. Big event coming hey, October 18th. Rage Pro Wrestling yes. Fight Night. I know you got some more news. I know you got a lot of things in the works. I'll let you go ahead and give us more updates. Well, I do have a former WWE star making his first appearance in over eight years at the show. Wow. Uh, he will be making a guest appearance. What I will say is he was one of the original kendo swinging guys in the WWE. This man is somebody you don't want to mess with in or out of the ring, but that's all you're going to get from me. People can speculate who it is, and I will not give a yes or a no, but this will be the first time he has entered a ring in eight years. Eight years? Innovative kendo sticks. That's that's a 
me being tech, um, I kind of have an idea, me being who I am, can go back in history. I might be able to figure it out, but I'm not going to mention it on air because it is a surprise, so we'll talk about that on other areas too. But that is great. That definitely is great. I'm red for that. Any other needs? I know red, there's a lot of free tickets. Can you let, let, our, let our listeners know how to win free tickets for this event? Well, uh, you know, we did bring a new sponsor on who will be announced at the show. And, you know, so what we're doing is thanks to that sponsor, they said, you know what, take this money and give away some tickets. So what they can do is they can go on to the Rage Pro Wrestling Facebook. Okay, I only have 40 left, okay, on my end. So they got to go to the post. All they got to do is make a comment and ask for free tickets, share the post, and they get their tickets. But there's only 40 left. Okay, so get on the Facebook, hit up Rage Pro Wrestling, and get your free tickets. Because once they're gone, guys, they're gone. You know, um, these are general admission tickets, which are still very good seats at the show. People can still purchase front row tickets for $20, or they can purchase one of three VIPs left. And when you buy the VIP package, you come in an hour early before everybody. You get to come backstage with the guys in the locker room, get autographs, talk to your favorite wrestlers, okay? And then you get to pick a match to be the timekeeper for and sit at ringside for the match. Wow. So there's only three of those packages left. Wow. That is great. Definitely is great. Any other news, Red, that you can give to give about Rage for Wrestling that you might be able to kind of slither on through? Well, yeah. Um, we just got a streaming deal to uh, yes. do pay-per-views on through Ustream, and there's a new uh, site up that has the WWE Network, WWE 24-7, and Ring of Honor. And Rage Pro Wrestling is proud to be a part of it. It's Pro Wrestling Free TV. Now, when they, they say free, what it means is so after a Internet pay-per-view airs, I'm then going to turn it over to their website so fans will be able to watch Rage Pro Wrestling on Pro Wrestling Free TV. Hmm. That is great. And it's free, so it's not going to cost nine ninety nine. No, it's hmm. not nine ninety nine. No, 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 no. It's 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 not like your haircut, Evan. That's Whoa! And <laughs> 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 and if you want to count, my haircut is a little more than nine ninety nine, but it's all cool, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of haircuts, NSC Game Boy, uh, right? any any background uh, on uh, how much did it cost to get your haircut back in the day? Shin has like a little beanie hat, so he can't. I don't think he can get haircuts at all. Uh, I, well, I really don't know. I had people to, who did my hair, and I didn't. Have to, I got like discounts, so I think the average haircut was like seven to ten dollars. Nowadays, it's almost close to twenty, twenty-five dollars. Yeah, it is. Red, do you have uh, just memory? Because Red, I know you're you're a very uh, mysterious guy. We've only, you know, uh, ran across you a couple of times. I don't believe you have any hair left, do you? No, no, Ooh. see, I I currently only have a, you know, I have a nice bald spot in the back, so I must keep up with shaving that. Or should I say I have my wife 
shave that because, you know, it's just one of those things. You can't just, you know, have this great head of hair and then have that one big three to four inch patch in the back where the sun shines off of it. So I got to get a good blend on the baldness. Do you, do you, what do you do? Your wife put any Mrs. Ray? Did she put anything like what did she put on your head to make it shine? Oil sheen or uh, beeswax? No, just pretty much a you know just a Mister Clean type of drill there. You know, shave it down, get a good razor to it, and then uh, just give it you know just give it a good buff. So you know whether it's a uh, you know um, okay ma- yeah just a good wax and then uh. Take it down that way. Uh, you have no stubs because you know stubs, man. You gotta watch that after the yeah. third issue. Get stubs it's going. Hashtag stubs. Mm. <laughs> no, can't, can't, can't have that. Ray, Ray, Ray. Hopefully, um, if you don't mind, we can keep you on for the for the rest of the show. I know you're a busy man. No, nah, man, it's cool. You, uh, you know, I got the DVR set for all my shows tonight, so I'm free. Okay, and uh. Moving on to our next segment, the, the sensational one, uh, Shin Blade. Um, real quick, give a history. Uh, you got to meet the great Chris Jericho, and believe you have a nice giveaway for our fans if they can answer this question. Well, you know, I'm glad that you put me on blast for my head and everything like that, but I don't think people so, should really know that. But uh, gotta love I, keep my, I keep mine shaved down so I can keep my kufi on, so that's nice. Um. Actually, Chris Jericho came down to the Baltimore Soundgarden uh, on last Thursday for autograph signing. I thought the band Fozzy was there, but they came down to play at the Rams Head in Baltimore. Uh, I didn't go, though. It was too late. I had to go to work. So um, I basically took off I took off uh, a little early to get to the autograph signing, and it was pretty cool, though. I mean, you know, very nice guy. I can't say more, though. I've got nice pictures with him, as you see from the Facebook. And uh, for those who don't have my Facebook, you can check me out on Twitter, slash Sensational One, and you can check the pictures on there. Mm-hmm. And, Chen, you know, you being a great correspondent that you are, and, you know, all of us, the Under the Mat family, the crew that's on <clears> now, and, and real quick, big shout-out to Jay Aletto and Toph, you know, runners of Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, too. You have a trivia question that you want to ask, and anybody that knows this question before she asks it, call 760-888-5749, 760-888-5749. If you can answer the question that the sensational one will give, you'll be able to win an autographed copy of the new Fozzy CD by Chris Jericho. Mm. Hey, All right. Can I, call, can I call in for my cell phone? No, you, not really. You can't. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you, <laughs> why, 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 why you guys got to hate on bald people? Oh no. Um. Okay. Um. Actually, before I give the question out, I want to give a shout out to one of my good special friends, two of them. Uh, one named Annie, who spent time this weekend with one of my great friends, and also a great uh, acting friend by the name of Marla who came up and had dinner with me last night. Awesome time, so. Mm, yeah, I think. Mm, mm. No, 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 no. This is just friends, you know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this, we just said, uh. Yeah. <laughs> one of the grandmothers, so. One of the grandmothers, so. Hey, they need love too, brother. 
All right. All right. All right. Just question, man. Good shit. All right. For the autograph Fozzy CD, do you want to start a war? Autographed by Chris Jericho himself. It was open, so I had to get an autograph. The question is, during his hiatus from WWE, it could be the first one, second one, Chris Jericho has starred in a number of television shows. Now, if you can name three television shows that he has starred in, then you win the season. Hmm. Hmm. Did I say it again? Yeah, yeah say it one more time. Evan, All right. you're going. <laughs> I give you the short version. <laughs> what were three? They me three television shows that Chris Jericho has starred in during his hiatus from WWE. Now, this guest Anatomy. starring or actually they like, star of the show? Um, is it's a it's a variety. Is either is he, he starred in a couple of them? The other one were reality shows also. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, he do a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he definitely did. Uh-huh. So, anybody that yeah, knows the answer? Yes. Anybody that know the answer? Call seven six zero eight 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 five seven four nine. Anytime doing this show, I show do you go off the air at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And if no one does call at this show, please do you know that you will have a chance next week, of course, to call in and be able to Probably win. Probably a different question. Yeah. Yes, it will be a different question. So different don't question. call next week with the answer to this week's question. It doesn't work like that at all. Yes, it will. So, don't forget, fans, coming up. Live, 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 Saturday, October 18th, 2014, Rage for Wrestling, next big events, national TV taping. Am I correct, Reed? Actually, the national TV taping isn't at this one. We are filming highlights, oh. though. Okay, just so you okay. guys know. All right. Okay. But we are going to be filming highlights of this because we got to get our deliverables ready for MAV TV. So this one here is not a filmed one, it's only going to be showing highlights. Okay? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so we will be announcing at the show all of our dates through March of next year. Okay. Open mouth and her foot. And for also the, uh, also the guests who are calling in for the question, um, I will say you get bonus points if you can try to find it without Googling it, like Evan. Uh, that wasn't Googling. That, that was called being a host of a uh, successful radio show, uh, promoting that question. Speaking of the great promotion that we do here at Under the Mat Radio on PWP Radio, we have a caller, area code 443. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Uh, do you have the answer to the question? Uh, I didn't get a chance to hear it. Can you repeat it? Oh, uh, Sure. During Chris Jericho's hiatus from WWE, he starred in three different television shows. Can you name me three of those shows that he'd done? Of those many television shows. And the internet, uh, Chris Jericho's not one of them. Dancing with the Stars? One. Okay. Mm hmm. There's another game show. I can't think of the name of it. Okay. Downfall. Two. One more. One more. 
He's Wikipediaing it. You got you, you got six seconds, buddy. If there not, is we no pressure on you at all right now Eight, to get the last one. Seven, six, six, five, five, Caller? four, three, Caller? three, two, Press one. Button. I gave up. He gave up. He gave okay. up. Well, thanks for calling, Carla. Try Thanks, buddy. Thank you a lot. Adios. Good luck in your future endeavors. Okay, moving well, on. Steve. Are you cold? Eight one four. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Do you have the answer to the question? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Shane, please repeat the question. All right. During his hiatus from WWE, Chris Jericho has starred in many different television shows. Can you name me three? Three are Xerox. Excuse me? Xerox. Zebra. Okay. Did you say zebra? No, Xerox. Zerox. I don't have that one on the list. Okay, well, Carla, go ahead and uh, get an answer that you have. You say Z-Rock, um, what else? Dancing with the Stars. One. Red Bike Combat League. Two. In Downfall. Three. You got it. And and I just got confirmed Z-Rock is, is, is the show. A winner. Of the new yeah. CD signed by Chris Jericho. Uh, Carla, thanks for calling. Can we get your name? Yeah, Chicky. Oh, hey, Who? Chicky, what's up? This is uh, Chicky. One of uh, mm-hmm. good old buddies. Good old uh, mm-hmm. long supporters. Thanks, buddy. You get um, How you been, Chicky? <laughs> Pretty good. Good. Good, and I, I, and I just got clarification. Um from my girlfriend and from a few other callers that I'm getting Facebook messages from because it's lighting up that Z-Rock uh, is a show that Jericho did, um, was a part of, and his answers are correct. So you have backup, Cheeky. <laughs> okay. Who the world is Z-Rock? You got it right. And that's when Shinblade, you use Google. That's <laughs> Really? But Cheeky, th- thanks, buddy. Um, real quick, um, anything... Um, after after we let you go in a second, just uh, personally uh, send me an inbox or send NSC Game Boy or email us at underthematradio at gmail.com. Uh, give us your information, and we will be sending that Fuzzy CD to you, okay? Now, before you leave, Cheeky, can you tell us the phrase that pays on the radio station? The what? Oh, I'm no, sorry. This I, is the wrong show. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Thank, thank you, Chief, so much uh, for calling in, and um, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. Anybody, we will have more giveaways. Please do not fret. Uh, we will have a lot of giveaways coming up. So thank you also for the caller. I believe that was Ritzy, a good old uh, supporter and long-time listener. Ritzy, thanks for calling and, um, and trying to win the package. But uh, there will be more coming up, definitely. So, also with that being said, uh, we have a few more minutes coming up. Shinblade, anything that you need to plug uh, before we let you go? No, not really. I mean, the only thing I can say is twitter.com slash sensationalone, S-H-I-N-S-A-T-I-O-N-A-L-O-N-E. 
and that is it. And basic and basically, uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. Now I can I can finally relax. Okay, we'll finish relaxing, Shane. Uh, Station one, thank you very much, and um, we'll have you back on next week. All right, thank you. Thank Take you. care, Shane. Man, be safe. Everybody, that was a great correspondent, one of them, Shimbley under the Matt Radio. And right now, while we wait for our next guest to call on in, as Red said, Rage Pro Wrestling Live, October the 18th at the Hanover National Guard Armory. Mm-hmm. Special guests will be ECW original and legend, The Sandman, will be going against current heavyweight champion of Rage Pro Wrestling, Robbie Illuminati. Also featuring ECW legend, the Blue Mini, ECW, also ECW original and current GM of Rage Pro Wrestling, Andy Weinberg, the great tag team, the Brutes, the Ruckus, Riot City, and other great stars will be at hand. And of course, as you know, the NFC Game Boy and Tech will be on. Live, 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 Rage Pro Wrestling. And, and real really? quick, I want to on an unrelated topic. Real quick, I just want to say congratulations to my boy uh, Drylix from the Black Wall Street uh, this past yes. weekend. He acclaimed the uh, MCW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he been him and Black Wall Street been doing some great things down at MCW. It's glad that uh, he represented uh, the company and. Uh, I wish him well in his endeavors, and 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 you know, just want to say uh, under under Matt itself, you know, we we congratulate you, man. That's all. So I just want to put that out there. No, literally does. You straight. I am here. Oh, I'm here. You fall asleep, right? Uh, no, no, it's a power nap. Get it right. Oh, power nap. <laughs> I believe you have to reach a certain age to get power in it, I believe. Yes, that's actually over the age of 30, so both you gentlemen can relate. Yeah. yeah. And it's a Game Boy, power naps? Yeah, 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 you know. You do power yeah, naps yeah. and power sex, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah power sex, power naps. Yeah, you do power yeah. sex, too. Power anything else? Three times. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so Three to five far. times a day. <laughs> Real quick, believe we have another caller <laughs> breaking on. And welcome to Under the Mat Radio, Area Code 757. This is Tech with co host NFC Game Boy and Red from Rage Pro Wrestling. Caller, welcome 757, <clears throat> Area Code. We end up dropping the door, apologize for that. But hashtag Power Sex, hashtag Power Nap, hashtag Hater of Tuna, Hater of Tea. Hater of sushi. Um, Red, real quick, anything that you hate? Well, you, you know, since we're on a roll, you want to add anything that you hate? Uh, I guess uh, if I had to pick a food product that I just can't stand, I would say hashtag hate kale. Kale greens? <laughs> I hate kale. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I love kale. Not everybody's perfect. Board? It's cool. Uh, are, you, are you a lover of kale or are you a hater? And it's a game boy. Do you love kale? Ah, uh, kale's not bad. It's, it's okay. I've only had it a few times, though. 
more to collard greens. Uh, I, I, I would sooner have collard greens with some bacon and some onion and a little bit of Italian dressing. And I was just well, as told, you can see, Big Red makes that money, so he can afford all that stuff. I would probably just have to leave. I can't afford all that extra <laughs> stuff. I'm Big Red, I was just told that uh, you didn't have kale greens the right way. That is why why you don't like it. Uh, well, if somebody can send over a good recipe to you guys, I might give it a shot next week on the air. And anybody else, uh, as we wait, if you want to call in and let us know anything that you hashtag hate or love, call <laughs> 760-888-5749. I am getting hit-ups now. Uh hate Italian dressing. Hate Thousand Island. I hate Tina. Hashtag hate John Cena. Oh, really? Damn, I didn't know that was a food group. Oh, I didn't know either, but... <laughs> That's universal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all languages. It covers all food groups. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> so, also... Well, it doesn't take group. long to cover those food groups because it's only five moves. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hate bananas. Uh, somebody just let me know. So, we're getting a lot of, lot of hit-ups, too. Uh, we have a great, another great promotion and an event that's coming up this Friday under the match. Radio will be there live. Will be ACW's Gold Rush. Dick Kerikoff Promotions proudly presents ACW and Big Time Wrestling. We bring you Gold Rush. We'll be live this Friday, October tenth, two thousand fourteen, ten thirty-one, Benfield Boulevard in Millersville, Maryland. If you have any questions about ACW, you can just go on Facebook, type in Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. All the information that you need is there. Of course, the promoter, our buddy Jimmy Dream, will be on hand. Kendrick Kamari will be there. A current ACW champion, heavyweight champion, prodigy. And also, don't forget, these great stars and legends will be on hand. We'll be featuring ECW original and former WCW and WWE star, Sabu, former WWE superstar, The Boogeyman. Hall of Famers, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Not Hart, WWE Legend and Hall of Famer, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and of course, good buddy of ours, the original diva, WWE Hall of Famer Sonny, and more will be here at this event. Under the Mat Radio will be there live, Tech, NSC Game Boy, the Sensational One will be there. Big ups to, to our good old buddy, Saratoga Slump, big old uh, Nickname we gave him, he will be there live also. Uh, we will be there live and getting great interviews, and you can come and get it and meet us. Mm. And it's a Game Boy, anything you want to add to ACW? Nah, you know, them guys, they really they really, uh, they really, come out there and, and, and give a good show. Uh, if you are in the uh, metropolitan area, you know, come in, check them out, you know, come see some uh, some some great action. And, uh couple originals. So, you know, I ain't much to really say about it. You know, they good guys. You know, they they promote themselves. So, not too much to say on that note. I got to say, though, you got, I think, the highlight of Gold Rush at ACW has to be the ladder match that's going to feature yeah. um, Michael Zameda, Riot City's Most Wanted, um, three members of Riot City's Most Wanted, Lewis Rich, um, yeah. Diaz, um, Rage Pro Wrestling Champion Robbie Illuminati. Uh, I think you know 
just just the ladder match alone is worth the price of admission. The uh, good old good old buddy Diaz who's listening now, big ups to you, buddy. Stephen Diaz, <clears throat> the longest running uh, cruiserweight champion of ACW, will also be in there. Great match, I mean, definitely. Diaz is one of the most athletic guys in a ring that I've seen. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he can pretty much do anything in the ring. So, you know, to see, you know, these guys all in one match, it's probably going to – I bet you if this one doesn't steal the show, I will be shocked. And I believe just getting uh, just getting word, too, there will also be a meet, meet and greet, and also an action will be – Former WWE Ring of Honor and TNA superstar Matt Hardy will be at ACW's Gold Rush. And also, Ron Simmons. Leave one word for uh, sum up Ron Simmons, NFC Game Boy. Damn. And how you said Don't hang. Yes, it is. More Did you really go hate? there? Did you really go there, yeah. Game Boy? I how you say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm, I get a little uh, illiterate at times. Is it is it damn or damn? Like I, I don't know. Damn. I don't know if, if if you know if Jimmy Jimmy Dream is listening. Maybe he should call in and correct you guys on it. I think uh, he had a great show with Ron down there in the past. Uh, I think it was a you know three or four months ago. If uh, Jimmy's listening, maybe he can call in and correct you on this. Yeah. Yeah. Like holy. To. Call on in. Uh, we we have we have more from our listeners. Hashtag hate bully balls. Hashtag hate avocado. <laughs> hashtag hashtag hate bananas. Hashtag hate vampires. So we're getting a lot of hate as opposed to love. So I believe it uh, definitely will go well. Um, while we're waiting, we have to mention this. Last night on Monday Night Raw, there was a downloadable content. Special guest, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson showed up. The great segment with Rusev and um, Rusev and Lana. Fantasy Game Boy, what was your thoughts? I was wondering if Triple H and Stephanie was just going to have an orgasm of the revenue that, that <laughs> shot up in that brief little bit of time in, 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 on the ratings. Because I'm pretty sure everybody was tweeting and texting and Facebooking and telling everybody that The Rock is on Monday Night Raw for however long period he was on. Um, it's always good to see The Rock. I'm a, I'm always been a big fan um, over the years. And um, to have him show up, yes, it was a complete surprise. Um, I enjoyed the segment. It was very funny. If y'all haven't seen it, go back, check it out. Um, I, well, I can't go to the network, so you, you know, I had, you'll find it somehow. <laughs> and, uh, network, right? Yeah, the network don't play raw because the universal uh, agreement. I know um, but if you can go back and and try to download it, I guess, or, or or ask a friend to try to draw it for you with some crayons. But it was a great segment, and um, you know, shout out to the Rock for coming and trying to save Monday Night Raw because the rest of it was hot, yes. buttery trash. Ooh, mm-hmm. buttery. What kind of butter? Yeah, that's the buttery trash. The butter. Bleed bonnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody bleed on it, buttery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, girlfriend is hashtag Soviet streetwalker. Uh, that was I forgot about that. That was yeah. great. The right yeah, was, uh, right. What was it? Moscow Blue Snuckle, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he was going. He was going in with him. Wasn't he? he was just. He was letting him have it. Like you know. 
I, I was um, really enjoying it. You know what I'm now, um, while really we got Red on, uh, I'm gonna get get a perspective from a promoter. Uh, Red, what was your thoughts of The Rock coming in, and what do you think was the reason for The Rock coming in at Vince Alada with it being such a such a surprise? Well, it was basically perfect timing. Um, the Rock was already in New York, uh, meeting it with uh, Time Warner, so he was in the area. Um, so, you know, it's great for the fans who are live and at home. You know, they get to see The Rock. But I think bringing The Rock in, you know, if you're just going to do something with him to bring him in for like one night only and you know do something fun, I would have rather seen him come out and you know maybe done one of his rock concerts, so to speak. Maybe a, you know putting down Rusev and Lena. Um, but I think bringing him out and you know doing something with Rusev, it just didn't make a lot of sense because you know it's not like you're going to see Rusev versus The Rock at WrestleMania. You know, I, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it just shows you right now the lack of what the WWE has to offer from the creative side with all the injuries on the roster and, you know, with the directions going right now. Um, you know, they they better start bringing up some of the NXT guys or else uh, Vince is going to keep losing more of that $640 million that he's already lost since launching the network. Mm. Yeah, that, that is that is something. A lot of people were not, uh, and we here under the, under the mat radio. We don't we don't we don't do reviews of Raw. Um, it's not something we do. We don't really don't review any Raws or Smackdowns or TNA. We do keep a, keep an idea of what's going on, but we don't review it. However, a lot of fans are not happy of Monday Night Raw last last night. wasn't happy at all. And Red, on um, what we got you on is. Why do you think the stock, if you will, of WWE to the viewer's standpoint is starting to fall? A lot of people aren't happy with the current product. Well, the biggest problem right now is your fans are getting older. Um, The fans that really put all that money into the WWE were fans of the Attitude Era. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all the fans who were, you know, going and buying all the merch for The Rock... Stone Cold, DX, the NWO, these fans now are in their 40s. Um, And the WWE hasn't really delivered superstars. Um, You know, we've only had, you know, this new generation, we've only had John Cena. We haven't had, you know, a good blend of superstars that could go out and really push the WWE product. That's the hardest thing they're having right now is having to switch over from the fans from the Attitude Era who are getting older to trying now to develop, you know, a product and getting somebody that they can push, that the fans will accept. They'll, you know, start buying T-shirts, wristbands, you know. Casino only has a couple more years as a full-time guy. I mean, and then what? Do you going to bring Hulk Hogan back? You know, I mean, you know, so that's, you know, with everything that's went on over the past year with WWE, with CM Punk, uh, you know, leaving the company, Daniel Bryan's injury, right in the biggest push of his career, 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you got The Undertaker at WrestleMania who, you know, nobody's seen. We don't know if it was the last match. We don't know if he's coming back or not. Right. And then all of a sudden you have uh, Roman Reigns go down. You know, they're, that's a big momentum killer for the WWE. So yeah. to answer your question, the biggest problem they're having is developing superstars that people will get behind. It's true. And, and, and just to let you know that uh, WWE Raw last night has the third lowest score in the year of 2014. Mm. This is the lowest viewership since May 26th. And the third draw, uh, the third lowest draw of 2014. Now, the single hour passed four million fans tuning in, but the silver lining is that the numbers increase can increase slowly throughout the night. So each hour, basically, the first hour brought in a 3.577 million viewers, 3.891 million viewers was hour two, and the last hour, hour three, was 3.924. Million, million, uh, million, I'm sorry, uh, million viewers. So the third lowest rated Raw of the year. But I can defend that a little bit. Sure. You're and, uh, going up against Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going up against The Voice. You're going up against, you know, a lot of other shows that are drawing 8 to 15 million viewers. So... Right now, I mean, the NFL season has always been a weak point for the WWE. Just that's why you always see more guest hosts coming in during the fall because they know they got to compete with the NFL. So they got to keep their numbers up in order to keep the advertising revenue coming in. So they got to, you know, they got to cross promote. NEC Game Boy, um, your thoughts on Raw's lowest uh, viewership uh, since? Well, actually, I have a I have a question for Red. What 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 do you think that the WWE can do or try to establish to try to to counter and, and come back, and not just in not just in viewership and ratings, but to, just to come back to to the WWF like. To come back to that that attitude or whatever, you know, you of course you can't duplicate it, but what would would be a suggestion that you think that you know maybe you know you would done if you was in that predicament? Right now, what would I do if I was in mm-hmm. if if I could push the button? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first thing I would do is I would sign Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back to the company. Um, in some type of managing role, and let that lead to a fight at WrestleMania, I would have Stone Cold put over one of the younger stars. Um, So that would be one thing I would do right off the bat. Second thing I would do is I would feature the NXT guys more on Raw because those are the future of the company. That's your brand. Um, You know, people are tired of seeing, you know, Randy Orton and Kane. We've been watching this since 2002. Same with John Cena. You know, there's so only so much you can do with these guys. You know, I think, you know, after match 112, you know, with Kane and Randy Orton and John Cena involved in it, I think people already got the point. Um, you know, you got a lot of quality talent down in NXT. What they need to do is bring that talent up, let them 
run the cycle, make sure that, you know, their mic skills are good, doing good promo work, that their in-ring ability is, you know, solid. And next thing you got to do is you got to have somebody like Randy Orton, John Cena, um, put one of these guys over at a major pay-per-view. And that you need to, you know, start building them that way. Um, you know, having them wrestle gold dust is not going to do it. Um, just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, don't get me wrong, Dustin is in the best shape of his life, but I'm saying from a standpoint of building a star, you got to have a star put that person over. Um, you know, and everybody keeps talking about Sting. Um, if they're going to do anything with Sting, they're going to save it until after the Royal Rumble. They'll make an announcement probably less than 60 days for Mania, and the only reason they're going to do it is so Vince can get more subscribers to the network. But that's only a temporary fix. You know, you got to bring people like Kevin Steen up, you know, former ROH champ. you got to get, you know, got to get him up to the main roster. you got to fast-track these guys. Because if not, over the next year, the WWE's already on track to lose another $350 million. So they're really close to losing $1 billion. And that's the problem. Because the money to make... Yeah, well, here's the thing. You don't make your money from TV. The wrestlers and the WWE, they make their money from the live events. You know, you're not making your money on TV. You've got to make it while you're doing your live tours. And, you know, if you don't have, you know, people that you can bring up and put over and put into a position where fans are going to get behind them, how, how does the WWE measure that? It's by merchandise sales. That's why John Cena is still at the top of the ladder. He sells the most T-shirts. He sells the most wristbands. It doesn't matter that his fans are below the age of 12. They're going to keep him in that position because he sells merchandise. You know, So, I mean, CM Punk was the number two merchandise seller, and Daniel Bryan was the number three. So, you know, they lost the number two and three guys, so they lost about $35 million a year just between those two guys not being around. So, but yeah, your um, Game Boy to answer your question, you know, the main thing is you got to you got to bring up some of the young talent and you got to have the stars put them over on the major pay-per-views. It can't be just hell in a cell. It, you got to showcase showcase these guys at Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, Mania and SummerSlam. It's the only way. Um and I think Stone Cold Steve Austin can be the guy to make that happen because fans are going to tune in even if he's only a raw GM. People are going to tune in to hear the glass break, okay, to see him come down to the ring, you know, and at the end of the night get a couple beers thrown in his hand. Is it the attitude here? No, but it's going to draw the fans in to watch, and that's what they need. They need the fans to watch that are, you know, 35 to 42 because then they're watching Raw as a family, and then hopefully that transitions to merchandise sales. Wow. See, this is this is something that you just don't think about, and that's why we're glad we have you on the show, Big Red, because by you being a promoter and us being fans, and you actually in the wrestling business, you know, you running Rage Pro Wrestling and getting the guys and working with the boys and stuff, you can give us not only from the wrestling uh, promoter standpoint, from the business standpoint, in the office and corporate, you know, the day that he have stockholders, you know, they got guys out there 
who are banking for them to to try to come out of this this rut that they've been in since they launched the network and it doesn't seem like it's helping it really doesn't and you know i the data e is in a lot of trouble in my eyes and that's just a little bit of business that i know that i've done and i've accomplished and i see on television in tech i know you can you will vouch for it the data e really looks like they're in trouble you know brock lesnar has not signed to come back to the data e for the remainder of the year and he's currently the data e champion you know and you know, yeah, The Rock was there. I'm pretty sure they had to beg The Rock to come there because The Rock don't want to be associated with wrestling too much because he's a multi-million dollar superstar and he's a movie star, you know. And when you're making movies and you're being, you know, it's fake, why you got to come back, you know. So by me looking at these Raws, the last few Raws, and even though The Rock, the Rock came back, it was, it was a wonderful segment. It brought back a lot of memories, you know, but... As soon as he left, you went right back into the trash. They need help. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I mean, it's it's one of those things where they're kind of stuck. And you were bringing up, you know, about the network. Another problem they have with the network is they don't have new content. All all it is is if you want to watch a library of WWE footage, you know, to watch past legends, you know, half of it the WWE. East was on YouTube, and you can watch it for free. You know, which made no sense. They launched the network, but they don't take down all their YouTube footage. You know, and a lot of fans don't want to even bother paying for the network because your average fan isn't going to pay for SummerSlam, all all four big ones. They're they're going to watch WrestleMania, or somebody is going to be like, you know what, my pay per view is SummerSlam, so. You know, they need to have new content on the network. They need to have shows that are new. I mean, Legends House, I mean, Jesus, it's like, you know, going to watch some of the house shows, you know, and watching, you know, ten Legends in one night get in the ring. I mean, it's kind of pathetic. You know? I will Um, agree. You know, it's it's just not what fans want to watch. People don't want to watch Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Roddy Piper Russell, you know, it's not what they want. Okay. And Tech? Tech, are you there? Tech? Yes, can you hear me? Oh, okay, yes. there you go. Yeah, I do, I, I, uh, do apologize. Blood talking up. We do apologize, fans. Uh, real quick, the website ended up backing up a little bit. Uh, those that are Waiting here from Rosie, we do we do apologize. Something last minute came up. Just got a clarification that uh, Rosie will not be able to make the show um, today. He will be back at a later date, so we do apologize for that. With that being said, we will bring in right now a uh, good old buddy of ours, uh, journeyman of wrestling, been around the business for 20-plus years, former WWE talent, WCW talent, AWA, worked everywhere, Bring in the Another great Bob Tag Team Champions. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in the great Bob Star. Uh, welcome to Under the Mat Radio again, Bob. Thanks for calling in. What's up, guys? How are you? What's going on, Bob? How you living, man? Doing good. Oh, oh man, it, it's just I I hate days like today. Here in Baltimore, it's nice and rainy and shitty out. It makes my knees hurt. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and, um, What's up? Bob, so, 
you're here on live also with the promoter of Rage Pro Wrestling Red. Um, if you got a chance to hear, we were talking about the state of the WWE with Raw having the third lowest viewers of the year. And since you used to work for WWE and worked for WCW back in the day, and you being one of the boys, um, we'd like to hear your, your take of that. Well, you know, I, I'll put it to you like this. You're talking about the ratings from yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, is, that, is that what you're talking about? Well, I'll put it to you like this. I probably have in the United States probably in the top 20 videotape collections. It was something I was into as a kid, and I would go back and I would watch over and over again, and that's uh, one way I learned a lot of things and got a lot of ideas for stuff. Um, I went to sleep last night as they got to the 10 o'clock hour. I I had enough, and it's nothing against any of the boys. People have to understand something. They have an amazing talent roster right now, and I'm not saying everybody because there's, there's always some stinkers on any list. However, you're dealing with too many people. There's too many hands in the pot. When I worked there, Vince McMahon was the boss, period. You had Pat Patterson, Tony Gurria, George Animal Steel, Rene Goulet, and a few other guys like that, but they're not... Today's wrestling versus yesterday's wrestling is two totally different worlds. You know, it's like these writers, and it started with Vince Russo, and I unfortunately I was at WCW when the whole Russo thing happened. And fortunately for WCW, they made millions of dollars with the NWO, but unfortunately, where's the company? <laughs> it's gone. Um, the WWE is just, it. everybody goes, oh, that's where I want to go. Well, there's a lot of us that don't say that anymore. The problem is there's nowhere else to go. Uh, um, a lot of my friends are still working there. You know, and this past weekend, I was with some of my buds. I was with Dallas Page and with Matt Hardy. And we we sat there. We talked about different stuff. And Matt is, like, totally on fire on the independence. He's having the time of his life. And he, I would be willing to bet that with his merchandise, he's probably getting close to what he was making at WWE, and he makes his own schedule. You know, um, this this weekend, uh, let's see, what do we got? Millersville, Boogeyman, Rick Steamboat, Bret Hart, Jim, or no, Jim Nighthart won't be here, The Patriot, uh, Matt Hardy, Sabu. That's like a WWF house show. You know what I mean? It's like something's wrong in the business that the independents are – it's like the independents are rejuvenating the business again because the stuff that we're seeing on TV, if you ask people about TNA, they laugh. TNA could have been the next savior of the business if it would have been handled right. You know, right. The, the Jeff Jarrett thing that's coming could be the next thing. You know what I mean? The WWE, Vince, I don't know. I, I talked to Kevin Eck, who's a good friend of mine, um, and he worked for Vince on the, the um, creative team or whatever the, he was is one of his right hand men, and when you start letting people like that go, that's when people got to go. Wait a minute, what's with the budget? What, what's going on here? You know, it's a billion dollar company with uh, all the investors and blah 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 blah. But we have to get rid of all this shit because a TV deal fell through, or you know, whatever. The WWE Network, I think, is amazing. I really do. I sit back some nights and I, I um, let's see how can I put this? To this? Okay. Um, uh, I have a few cocktails. Uh, yeah, I, 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 let's just say I'm not always in my right mind, but start clicking away, and it brings back so many cool memories of the house shows and the, 
the, the, the stuff that we no longer have, like the MSC network and the, 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 the Philadelphia Spectrum and stuff like that, where you can watch the house shows. The WWE is so, it, it's going in so many different directions now. The only problem is it's not going in the wrestling direction. You know? People talk shit about the British Bulldog having a friggin' Bulldog, Coco Beware having a bird, Jake having a snake. I saw a fucking midget last night dressed in an alligator costume come running out, and it was. And the reason I bring him up is because I just watched a shoot interview, and, like, I was the, the, the Brutus Clay. Uh, yeah. The SRs, whatever the hell he was. And, like, he said, and I've heard this from a bunch of people, that that midget is the biggest dick ever. He's like he he talks he talks down to everybody blah 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 and I don't know the guy I could care less but it's, look at the product today versus yesterday at least people believed when Jake came out with the snake people were scared when Rick Steamboat brought out the the monitor lizard thing or whatever the hell they had for him back then people flipped out now they look at it and they go okay and they change the channel it's like make up yeah. your mind which way you want it to go do you want it to be characters. Which in my in in my just the way I feel, I think that people like that stuff. That that's the whole suspension of uh, of um, what's called uh, a belief. Yeah, it's a you know for that two hours, I don't have to worry about my mortgage, my car payment, my work, you know, the old lady running her freaking mouth. I can sit down too long wrestling, and it's good versus bad, and there's characters, and and there's women, and there's all this fun stuff, but okay. So the current day fan talks shit about my era. Okay, where guys worked Monday through Friday, twice Saturday, twice Sunday, and didn't go home for three or four months at a time, versus today's era where they get a friggin' hangnail and they take off for three months. And when they do characters, most of them are so sorry ass that it's just not going to last. I'm the number one proponent of saying that there's very few, if any, true superstars. The reason there aren't superstars, and of course people laugh at me, but there's no enhancement matches to push their careers. You know, everybody, it's got to be a main event match every time. Well, if if it's that way, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, so somebody's doing the job. You know, back when you have enhancement matches, yeah, all that guy's going to get beat up, and every once in a while you have a one, two, three kid type deal which makes people look out for the underdog again. But that made true superstars. They became household names. Now, and I'm not going to name any names because, like I said, I don't know a lot of the current roster up there. I know a lot of people there, though. It's like where before pro wrestlers were household names, okay? Mm -hmm. Kids in school would be sitting around the the schoolyard talking about Hulk Hogan or the junkyard dog. Now they laugh at this stuff. And, you know, people in high places really need to start paying attention because when it's all said and done, these fucking Hollywood writers are going to go back to making movies when the wrestling business just takes a total nosedive. You know, those guys don't care. They don't care about the business. They don't know anything about the business other than, hey, I'm making $250,000 a year to to give Vince McMahon dumbass ideas that make no sense. Hey, Bob. And Vince was... Yes. Bob, uh, this is Big Red, Rage for Wrestling. Um, I had a chance to chat with you about a month ago. I want to get your input on something. Now, Big Show just came out, you know, last week on Raw. He ripped down the Russian flag. Now, 
that seemed like a great opportunity there to really set up a rivalry. Now, I feel that, you know, 15 years ago, we could have got, you know, wrestling could have got away with that. You know, Big Show ripping down the Russian flag in front of Rusev. It would have been great. But what's your opinion on why now wrestling has to be so politically correct? Because Vince sold the company to a bunch of stockholders. You have to understand, it's not his. It's not just him anymore. When I worked for Vince McMahon, he was God. If he said, if I walked in the dressing room, Bob Starr, a virtual nobody, and Vince said, tomorrow you are the next star, no matter who you were, what you did, whatever, it happened. Now they have to start thinking, are we going to piss the investors off? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Here's my whole angle on the Russian guy, okay? I don't know the man. I wish him all the best luck in the world. I wish anybody that tries to get in this business all the best luck and the money and everything that comes with it. I wouldn't shit on their matches. I thought last night the whole thing with The Rock, it was the biggest waste of The Rock that they could have possibly done. Even The Rock can't shine that character. And that should tell you something. Number one, he's carrying a flag that people don't understand. Okay? In the pro wrestling business, the Russian character has always been the sickle. I know. I was the fucking Russian assassin for six years. Okay? I, I said right from the beginning, send the guy to Ivan Koloff. Give him to Ivan for a month and let him teach him how to be a Russian. Because obviously he's not a freaking Russian. You know? And... The, the, the whole idea, and the, and the thing with the chick, because the girl he's with is pretty hot, but yeah. that's not what that's not wrestling, okay? What the Rock did last night in the whole because I, that that segment I did watch before I went to sleep was kind of bitch slapped him. The thing with the Big Show, it, it here's the thing: I was there when Paul first got in the business, okay? And I don't know if you've ever been to a house show or a live show with him. He is probably one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life. There is no way in hell, if Paul got pissed off, that that Russian's going to beat him. So no matter what kind of angle they set up, it ain't happening. Okay? It is, it is not happening. What's the chick going to trip Paul? You know what I mean? I, I just, I don't understand where they're going with this stuff because I don't hear the crowd chanting USA. I've never seen a foreign character not get that heat. Yeah, and I don't mean just a little. I mean the whole arena losing their minds a la Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know, and I've been waiting for them to call Duggan and bring Duggan in to do something with this guy because maybe Duggan can shine him. I don't know. Because, like I said, I, I'm not talking bad about the man because, you know, all the best luck to him. I wish he could get it together because the foreign characters were a base. If you remember, back in the, the, the throughout the 80s and 90s, how many American wrestlers were there in the WWE or WWF? It was Hulk Hogan, the shiny, baby-faced, white-bred, you know, giant baby face against everybody. All the guys, the Samoans, the, the, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? He, he had all these foreign people that would work with Hogan. Kamala was from Uganda. Um, God, I, I, I'm drawing a blank. There were so many names from back then. But it was always like a foreign character. Right. Right, the foreign character against the big USA baby face. And what did you hear in the arenas every night? The whole arena chanting USA. Well, the business has got to the point where these guys don't even know to use that anymore. You know, and case in point, the MCW just did two shows this past weekend. We did Waldorf, Maryland, and in Joppa. And in Waldorf, 
I shot pictures and I'm watching and it's kind of like I'm trying to get some ideas from, from, from for some different guys. And we had a debut of this new Oriental character, okay? And I thought he had a pretty good match. I love the entrance. He reminded me kind of Muda from back in way back in the day, um, mm-hmm. with the the like little face mask thing he wore and just his his, his mannerisms. And the next day, I talked to the kid, because the kid he worked with was one of the students from the MCW Training Center. And I said to him, I said, uh, did you ever think at any point, I said, you had a good match. I said, I, I didn't have any complaints about it. I said, but did you ever think at any point that you're wrestling an Oriental character? If you would have stopped for two seconds and looked for the crowd and said the letters USA one time, half that crowd's going to pop for it and they're going to go. And next thing you know, the match becomes a lot easier. You know, because you got the whole crowd behind you, you know, and it adds so much more to the matches. And the kid just looked at me, and, like, because he doesn't, he's not as much of an old tape watcher type thing. He agreed, he understood, but he, it still, you could see the light wasn't on yet. Because he's never experienced that. I've done a few characters in my career, and I won't get into that, but I did a few characters where I kind of, almost no matter where I went, I turned the guy I was working with foreign by saying where he was from and shit like that. And that thing is so easy, and it gets the crowd so into it, and it makes it so exciting. That's what's missing in wrestling. It's not exciting. Did you notice the entire show, like I said, I cut it off at like 10 or a few minutes after. But if you watch every segment all the way up, they were okay, and then The Rock came out, and the place went fucking crazy. Because yeah. The yeah. Rock is a true superstar. They're getting force-fed John Cena. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with Cena. Cena, honestly, I talked to a couple of boys backstage this weekend, and, and we all agreed. Cena, for what he has done for the children, for Make-A-Wish and stuff like that, no matter what his wrestling ability is or what they actually allow him to show, because I know, like, back in the day, Hogan knew more than what they allowed him to show. He just got into a niche and did the same thing all the time. Same thing with Cena. I think the whole you can't see anything is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But he gets over. You know, it doesn't matter if it's stupid or not. It matters if the people like it. You know, pro wrestling has to completely change and get it chipped back together and realize one thing. It's not it's not with you, the promoter of RCW. Or, or would it, would, would it, would I, please forgive me. I just woke up like 20 minutes ago. Rage. It's not what you want. Rage. It's not what you want. It's not what MCW wants. It's not what WWE wants. It's what the fans want. If the fans are having a good time, they're going to buy them tickets every time. And promoters seem to forget that. They get caught up in the, in the oh, well, that guy's a nice guy, or that guy's a dick, or that chick's got nice tits. Or they, No. What do the fans want to see? They want to suspend the mortgage, the car payment, the, the aggravating job, the horseshit life, just for like a couple of hours and have a good time. That, the whole time I've been in the business, it's been that way, you know, because that that guy that bought that ringside ticket to spend his last twelve dollars to buy your ring, and actually that shows my age, the last forty five dollars for the <laughs> ringside ticket, does not want to think about his regular life for the next two hours. He wants to watch characters and see neat stuff, and and you know, depending on the show, because I mean, everybody's different. Some shows have like Vince has the pyro thing, and and blah blah blah. Suspend life and bring on entertainment. And people forget that the entertainment is based on pro wrestling. You know, I mean, no matter which way you look at it, there's a card this weekend that I'm going to. I'm not booked on, but I'm going to go see my friends. Um, And 
Sonny, uh, the Patriot, these, these people are friends of mine for 20-plus years. You know what I mean? And there's a reason why they're still here. But if you look at the lineup for the last 10 years in the WWE, how many guys just disappeared off the face of the earth? They were on TV one week, and they get fired. A, they don't even know how to do independent wrestling. They have no idea because they were never in it in the first place, okay, which all of us started in and earned our way to television. These guys all disappear, never to be seen again. You know, I just watched some, see if you guys can help me here. I was watching television the other day, um, and one of the guys that worked for Vince, the dude that just died two weeks ago, uh, what the hell was his name? Um, Help me here. He um, died two weeks ago. Down, uh, Stasiak. Stasiak. What's his old partner's name? Oh, what, what was uh, Palumbo. Palumbo now has mm-hmm. some kind of television show. Okay, Palumbo was phenomenally built. He came from the pot with the power plant, which means he busted his ass because Jody Hamilton was my boss. The assassin. Bill DeMott, Sarge, Buddy Lee Parker, none of them put up with any bullshit. You either towed your line or you got out. So the guy could work. He looked like a million bucks. And he goes, all right, enough of wrestling, and walked away. And now he's doing some kind of a car thing or something. And I wish him all the best because you know what? He just took his name off that list. You know, it's almost like all of our names are on a list from the 80s and 90s. And he took his name off the list because now he has a real life again. Yeah. But the guys and girls from my era, this is what we do. This is what we learned how to do as kids, you know, Sean as we were growing up. Yeah, yeah there you go. Sean but do, do you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. There's right. a difference between yesterday and today. You know what I mean? Let's just say one of the legends for this weekend, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He's not going to work at Jiffy Lube, Okay. He he's a pro wrestler. That's what he does. That's what he's done his whole life. You know, he may buy a gym. I think actually he used to own one. But I, there, that's the difference between today and yesterday. We were brought into the business by our own choice because all I was was a fan. I used to go to the Baltimore Arena, now the Royal Farms Arena. You got to be kidding me. The hell? Um, <laughs> I heard that today they advertised a country concert, and I went, "You got to be kidding me." But I would go to the arena and have a good time. That's what it was all about. Spend back then, I think the tickets were like eight, ten, and fifteen bucks. You know what I mean? It was affordable family fun. My mom would take me, drop me off. I'd get my ticket, go in, and have a blast. She'd pick me up, and when it was all said and done, those two hours were just fun. And now there's more people in the audience criticizing what they see than having fun. You know what I mean? Right. Hey Bob. Yeah, sure. Bob, one one more question here, real quick. Uh, by the way, lo- love the knowledge um, that you bring, you know, to the listeners tonight because you know you were one of those guys. You were working, you know, WCW and WWF back in the day when you could work both promotions. I was you know? I was one of maybe six guys that got to do that. And uh, but right now, if you're watching the WWE product, do you even see the next? big superstar even on the roster or in NXT. Do you see that next what if guy? That's a hell of a question, dude. Um I've I've been very limited. When NXT first came on, I was so sick of TNA I turned it on, you know, with the network thing. Um 
I think, and watch, I'll catch all kind of heat for this one. I think NXT is nothing more than an independent. Okay, it's a very high class independent with lots of neat stuff. Because anything that Vince doesn't want to use anymore, such as lights and stuff that they've used before, they send to NXT, and they don't have to pay for it. You know, where like a local independent has to pay a fortune to have nice lights and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of talented people down there, and there's amazingly talented people running the thing. I'll give Hunter and Stephanie that. They have sunk a ton of money into that. But for what I see that they're getting on television on the main roster, it's like, the, 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 let's just say a million dollars invested, $10,000 used. So I don't see the next big star coming from there. You know, not, and not unless you're talking about a 15 years down the road. You know, that's a possibility. I'm talking about like right now. Um, on the independents, there's a lot of great guys, but there is no Hulk Hogan's. There's no Macho Man's. There's no, I don't see any of that kind of stuff anywhere. And I mean, true, I'm not traveling as much as I used to, but from the shows that I go to, I see guys that bust their ass. That's one thing I will say. You got Nui Tofiga. I think he could actually yeah. try and make a run, but he's got to get the right connection to make the run. You know what I mean? Rikishi loves him to death. A lot of the guys, he, he, a lot of the big guys have seen him, and they love his thing, but how does he make that connection? Because he's not like blood with Afa and Sika. You know what I'm saying? Like, pretty much if you're born into that family, that's a ticket to at least go get looked at. You know, but... You got Nui. You got you guys like Steve Carino too. People laugh at Carino. Carino's an amazing talent. Yeah. I think sometimes his mouth gets him in trouble, but he could he he would his his knowledge of the business is amazing too. Like people laugh at Chad Austin from ECW, who was an MCW guy here in Baltimore. Chad knows more about this business than you could ever imagine. He's like a walking the source of pro wrestling from all the different. Uh, the, the USWA and Continental and, and all that stuff from back in that age, you know, and even today. But when they turn on today's product, it's like, are you kidding me? So really to answer your question, where's the next big star coming from? I have no idea. But I can tell you this, in the next five years, if they don't find him, you're going to be clicking on fucking UFC instead of WWE. Well, because one last... Yeah, I can see that. I mean, my personal opinion is I think that over the next 10 years, the indies, it'll be more like territory days from, right. you know, the 70s and 80s and the early 90s. I think that the territories, I think the indie crowds are going to increase, and I think the house shows for the WWE are going to decrease. Well, really, dude, their house show schedule, I mean, I see their schedule every month. It's not what it used to be. Like, I, I would, I'm in the middle of watching a uh, something called a U shoot with Jim Cornette, and it, it was like from nineteen, uh, I think it was ninety seven or something. And he's reading through his books. Cornette's one of them guys. He kept really good records and stuff like that, so you could go back and and remember it better. And the house shows when I first started, they ran three shows a night, and pretty much all three shows had good houses. And two of the three would probably be sold out. Now they'll run. Um, they may run two shows a night, okay, in different parts of the country. But in most cases, it's one. It's one good show, and they're not selling out. The indies are only flourishing right now because there's so many name talent. 
that people want to get the chance to meet. See, that was the mystique of old. When I worked for WWF, we went to the arena, we wrestled, we got in the car, and we had to drive 250 miles. We didn't have time to screw around. You know, sometimes you would spend the night in the town so you would meet fans and stuff like that. The WWE now has such a, uh, with the new multimedia, blah, 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 whatever, it's not hard to meet their stars anymore. The stars that are on these independent cards are the people that you always wanted to meet but could never get the chance to, so that's why they're buying tickets. Because if it starts to dry up again, if Vince was to go out and put a Legends contract on all these guys that are, that are working independence right now, and in the Legend contract it says you can't work independent wrestling shows, the indies would be in deep shit. Because even the indies don't know a proper way to make a star. MCW, I've worked for them for so long, and it's like you have ACW over in like Millersville or whatever, and we're all kind of friends, sort of, two different, totally different companies, but we all know each other, da 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 da. It, it is so hard on an independent level to make a star that actually would draw money. You know what I mean? It, it's because you need television. You know, the number one thing missing in independent wrestling, and I, I've said it and I'm going to keep saying it, is live interviews. Someone that knows how to do them, like Alamine Gene Okerlund, and guys who know how to be interviewed. Because if the fans don't care, if they're not emotionally invested, then what's the point? You know what I mean? The only reason I can walk out in front of pretty much any house I go to in lower Pennsylvania and the state of Maryland is because I've been wrestling here 25 years. So there's a good chance I've been in front of you three or four times. So with 18 guys on the show, they don't really know who they are. They've seen me before. You know, Axel Rotten's another one. He had the ECW exposure, but Axel ran all the Indies for the longest time. And it's like, and then he got that little bit of ECW exposure, which really helped him. But it's kind of like most of these young kids are happy working for one promotion, maybe two, and they, you know what I mean? They, they, they. It's not that they don't have the heart and don't want it; they just don't know how. You know, we were animals back then. We would. Make, just make, and like now, I'm lazy. I'm the first one to admit it. I'm not going to sit on the phone all day trying to make 20 and $30 payoffs. You know, I make 260 bucks a day at my day job. You know, and usually when I take a wrestling book, and I lose money. But I do it because I love the business. I like seeing the boys. You know, that two or three hours backstage hanging out with old friends and meet, making new ones, that means something to me. The new kids... All they're doing is busy trying to stick each other in the back to go work for 20 bucks, And that's, that's why it doesn't work. You have to have a, a, a good mix of name talent with some really good indie talent and then some new talent. Because if you don't use the new talent, they're never going to get to be good indie talent. If you don't get to be indie, good indie talent, you don't have a chance of going anywhere. Like, right. I could be the best wrestler in the state of Maryland. I could be drawing 1,000 people houses. Guess what? I'm going to NXT. They're not going to jerk me up to the main roster. It's not yeah, going to happen. You got to get retrained, right? And, uh, and, and, and with that, <laughs> and you can hear me. Um, he said, "Bob, thank you much for your time. We definitely will be with you this Friday in Millersville at ACW." Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, Bob. You know, we, we're all friends. Um, you know, on air and off the air, personally. Real quick, um, give a quick shout out. Well, two minutes left. Give a quick shout-out. I know, you know, you have a lot of fallen friends you wrestled with over the years, and we need to see that you do post a lot of uh, about fallen friends. So give a quick shout-out, if you will. Um, let us know about some of the friends that you sadly have lost around this time, um, same time a few years oh, ago. Oh, good Lord. 
Now, now I get where you're coming from. Um, I have a, a book that I call the Bible. It sits next to me on my desk. And uh, unfortunately, it's been added to too many times. I'll give you an idea in the last two weeks. Cousin Luke, if anybody remembers him, one of the hillbillies, the hillbilly Jim era thing. Yeah. A year ago last Monday, he passed away. Bobby Jaggers from the Kansas Jayhawks or whatever, plus Mid-South fame and stuff. Two years ago, two years ago on the 30th. And here's one, and none of you guys probably even know who he is, Klondike Bill. If there's anybody out there listening to your show that is older wrestlers or anybody that worked for WCW or the NWA knew Klondike, he built the rings. It's been 14 years last Friday. And today, Chris Adams has been gone 13 years. You know, and this list just keeps adding and adding and adding and adding. And every year, this book just gets more bullshit in it. Um, one of my buddies, Joey Maggs, has been gone eight years. Hot shot Joey Maggs, big Baltimore guy. Um, Mike Graham. Is, if you remember, on Sunday, October 19th, what we're coming up to, Mike Graham. It's been two years since he put a gun to his head. Warrior mm. Hawk on the same day, 11 years. Mm. You know? Hopefully these new kids and this new generation of pro wrestling won't have that. I mean, sure, you're always going to lose some friends. It, it does happen. But if there's one thing before I die I can do is help two or three kids and give them ideas or help them do their thing so they can get somewhere. Anywhere. You're not going to get to where I got. You know why? That position ain't open anymore. You know? And that that's the thing people don't understand. And unfortunately, usually when I get on your show, I'm all wound up. It's a lot of last-minute stuff. And I run off at the mouth. But trust me, this business is something that needed to be taken care of years ago, and we abused it. And the, the shitball promoters that were just in it for the money, if you don't love this business, if you're not willing to dedicate your life to this business, lose time with your family, lose time from your and lose your jobs because I've lost many of them because of the business, then don't bother. Sit at ringside and enjoy it. You know, there's too many marks and rats in this business now. And, like, for the guys that really, really could make a career of it, they screw it up for everybody else. You know, it's like there's no harm in a promoter paying a wrestler 20 bucks when that's all that's available. But there should be, it's a job. That's what people forget. Yeah. I in at this, I should get bumped up. You know, when I start to put asses in seats, I should get rewarded for that. Yeah. You know? And but, Bob, you guys, you guys, close your show. Thanks for having right. me on. I'll see everybody Thanks, this man. Friday in Milledgeville. Thank you, Bob. Take care, baby. Thanks, buddy. Take care, bro. Thank you much. Thanks. Hey, buddy, that was the great Bob Starr, wrestling journeyman. We're going to go real quick do the tech roll, NFC Game Boy. Go ahead. Say your last words. Man, just let you know, everybody, thank you for joining. Uh, it's been an excellent show to all our guests. You know what I mean? Check out Rage this Friday. Check out ACW to our boy, Shin, and to the lucky caller who won. You know, um, congratulations. And, uh, Tech, let's take it home, baby. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Under the Mat Radio. See what host in training. This is your host, Tech, with co-host NFC Game Boy. Thank Ray for calling mm-hmm. in from Big, from Rage for Wrestling. Thanks to the Sensational One for calling in with his beanie hat. Big ups to Ray. 
Thank you, everybody, for calling in. Thanks, Jim Cooley from Mav TV for calling in, talking about us, how much he hates everything and loves very few. Thank you, Bob Starr, for calling in. Big ups to the Samoan family. They know our family that uh, they cannot call in. We will talk to you next week. See you live Friday at ACW. Love you all much. Talk to you then. And no grouses. Amen. Yes.